are the gentlemen advancing the melody. Welcome to another edition of the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEV, that's RLJ. And as always, we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution, where evolution is revolution. Brother J, it's good to see your face, man. My man, my man, it's good to be back in this space and place with you, brother. How How is everything? Hey man, you know it's been uh it's been a whirlwind the last uh, couple of weeks. Um for members of the village and our listeners that don't know, um I lost my sister unexpectedly on uh February the 7th. And um you know, it's been a, a process uh trying to celebrate her life and uh be there for my family, my mother, her father, etc. Um, but I'm making it, man. You know, I kind of look at it as a, a one minute at a time approach. Yeah. You know how they say, you know, people say, yeah, you take it one day at a time. Nah, man, it's more like one minute at a time because, um, you know, the grief and the pain and the hurt, it comes and goes and waves. You know what I'm saying? But um, God is still good, though, Brother Jay. God yes, is still good. And um, I think <clears throat> the reason that I've been able to uh function in this situation is because of lessons learned in years prior you know dealing with the loss of loved ones etc you know like when my grandfather passed away you know i learned that god is the father of the fatherless mm. right that's good you know um when my father passed away um i learned that you you uh are gonna have um hardship in this world but be of good cheer Mm. because he has overcome the world you know when I went through a divorce I learned that um, tribulations builds perseverance and perseverance builds hope and that is what um, my that is where my strength comes from that is where uh, my outlook on life comes from. And so um, in this instance, I'm losing my sister. I'm, I'm applying a lot of the lessons that I've learned in the past. But I'm also in a space of gratitude as well, because last year I was able to um, get some one-on-one quality time with my sister all last summer, 21. And um you know, I was able to really see her maturation um, and and really appreciate her for the adult and the woman that she um, ultimately became. And so from that standpoint, you know, I'm definitely going to miss her. I love her tremendously, but um, I got some good quality time with her on this earth. And my mother got some good quality time with her on this earth. And um, that gives me kind of solace at this moment in time, but, you know, I definitely want to um, send my gratitude and appreciation out and my love out for all of the members of my village and and the GRG village that have reached out and um, shown concern and loved on me and um, show a great deal of care and consideration 
and pray and share prayers with uh, me, my family, the show um, during this time. And so, you know, I don't know, Brother Jay, it's, it's interesting because a lot of my sister's friends um, has, have taken her her uh, passing to like really hard. And, um, you know, with young people, I don't know what's going on in the world today, but it just seems like the Xennials, is it Generation Z Xennials, Brother Jay? What's the, what's the correct terminology? They, I done heard a couple I, of different things. I, I think that's where we at. Millennials, Xennials, you know so. what I'm saying? But it just seems like, you know, with the advent of um, a lot of these social media platforms, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram to a lesser degree, I guess, people kind of just think like, yo, whatever's on there, whatever's in the metaverse, Whatever's in the metaverse is like the end all be all. But what I need people to understand, like, yo, it's life going on outside of the metaverse. Yes. Yep. Like real life. Like real life is gonna continue to go on outside of the metaverse. And so, you know, it don't matter how many followers you have, how many likes you get, or how many mentions you get in the comment section. Like it's like it's life that's going on, and life is never gonna be a smooth, um, uneventful journey. It's always going to be ups and downs, lefts and rights, twists and turns. And I don't know, man, like you said, like I think you and I talked about this before, you know, if you live long enough, life is going to happen. The yeah. old, the elders say, yo, you, if, if life ain't happened to you yet, keep living. Keep living. And that's, the, that's the matter. Of, that's the, the matter of the situation. You know what I mean? And so I just want to definitely um, send out um, some love and, and uh, energy and some prayers to uh, all of my sister's friends um, that this may have been like their first death that they've been impacted by significantly. Um, you know, the pain doesn't necessarily go away, um, but it gets better every day. At least we hope it will. And so, you know, I'm just dealing with that, man. I'm just trying to be strong for my mother and strong for my son. My son is taking it uh, tremendously hard because him and my sister were very, very, very close. And it's funny because um, I was 15 years older than my sister. My sister is 15 years older than my son. Right. And so of 14, 15, but the, the age, the age gap is, is, is similar. Right. And so, yes, my sister was 26. My son's 11. So, yeah, that's 15 years. So she was 15 years older than my son. And, um, you know, it's funny. We were having this conversation a couple of days ago about just grief. And um, he's going back to school and trying to find some some level of normalcy. And he was like, yo, why do people say I'm sorry for your loss? I'm sorry for your loss. Like, yo, stop reminding me. It was it was real, but it was real rap though, bro. It was real rap because I like I, I identified with everything that he was saying. Um, but I had to explain to him. I said, well, you know, sometimes sons, people don't know what to say. They just want you to know that they that they care about you and they're here there for you. But they may not be able to articulate it in a in a way because you know they've been uh, affected by the experience as well. Yeah, you know. And he said, well, yeah, you know, people are talking about 
you know, funeral services and this, that, and the third. Like people need closure. I don't want closure. I'm I'm mad about the stuff that me and her had planned. Like that's what that's what he says to me. Cause I told him, I said, you know, like uh memorials and funeral services and things like that, celebrations of life, it's really not for the dead, it's for the living. Yeah. You know, the the, the experience is designed to give the living closure. Yeah. You know, and um that's something that he's he's wrestling with right now. So the prayers for my son um have definitely been appreciated. But it's just it's just funny, um, like looking at the silver lining and things when you have loved ones that pass on, um, you know, people, people's behavior and feelings and quirkiness, <laughs> it come out, it comes out, brother Jay, it comes out, man. So, you know, it's been, it's been some dope conversations that I've had with family members that, you know, we, we kind of reconnected. I haven't talked to in a while, but there's been some conversations, brother Jay, when people just pluck your nerves, man. I could I completely <laughs> people like legit it just plucked your nerves. Completely understand that. You know what I'm saying? But I've been working, I've been working on trying to receive all of the love. And I, I think the like they say God works in through people and, and situations. And God working in my life right now has just kind of he's he's illuminated the the wonderful support system that I have amongst friends and family and the people like yourself and others that have, have really just come around me to um, just say, yo, I, I know you're going through stuff. I'm, I'm here for you. Like that's God's love. You know what I'm saying? Like your mother sending me beautiful messages and um, former coworkers that we work with, like really shouting me out and just showing that they cared about me. You know what I'm saying? And so it's a weird situation as a man, you know, he's like, all right, well, you don't want to show your vulnerability, but it's like, yo, now is the time <laughs> to be vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> now is the time to lean on others. And so I'm just, you know, that's a learning experience for myself right now. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to miss my sister, man. Brother Jay, my sister was, uh, she was really a motivating factor for me in my life. You know what I mean? Because I never, my, my, uh, my mother and my grandfather they were kind of no nonsense parents, you know what I'm saying? So I, I it was, but so many things that I was going to ever try with either one of them. Um, and I kind of knew when my sister came along that it was like, oh, I got somebody that's watching me. You know, when you got somebody little and young that's watching you and they watching like your every move, yeah. um, you know, it was a, a level of, responsibility and obligation that I, I just, I guess I just naturally uh, took on, you know what I mean? It's like, yo, when you up making bottles and wiping diapers and doing hair, <laughs> like, yo, for, for the village, man, yo, Kev, Kev was doing baby girl's hair. I was doing a girl's, a girl's hair when I was 15, 16 years old, man. I ain't new to this. I'm true to this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I always been big bro. I always been like, you know, you know, a caretaker role, if you will. Yeah. Um, but my sister was like my first, she she was a, a guiding light to me because I just knew she was always watching. So it was so much, so many mistakes that I could really make because yeah. I didn't want her to uh, replicate them joints. Um, but then at the same time, um, she also 
helped me, like, she kind of forced me to grow up mm. fast because I was like, wow, this is what it's like taking care of a baby, waking up. And I, now I was making bottles on the stove, man. Warming up bottles and stuff on the stove, old man. School. Old school. Yeah, yeah, for real. So, so like, yo, I'm telling you, I've been, I've been here and done it. Me and my, me and my, uh, me and my old lady, uh, my ex-wife, my ex-wife, she, we had a conversation when my son was born, and um, she was like, you don't know nothing about taking care of no babies. I said, yo, I was taking care of babies way before you, so <laughs> way before you. <laughs> so you know, taking care of Kingston when he was an infant, I had already had that on the job training. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, my well, my sister, it was more so like, damn, I don't know. I just I just took a great set of, sense of pride and just trying to try trying to set a good example for her and letting them know like the world was kind of bigger than our household and, and our city and our neighborhood, you know. But she uh yeah, she was my accountability partner, man, because I think that's the reason why I really didn't have children. Until I was damn near thirty, I yeah. didn't have Kingston until I, I think I was twenty nine when I had Kingston, because I knew I knew what that was. I knew what that life was about. <laughs> That's why I don't see why people people be rushing to get married, brother Jay. People be rushing to get married and have kids, and you being like your twenties and shit. I was like, nah, man, you better chill. You better live a little bit. <laughs> you better live a little bit. Yeah. Shoot. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Some of my friends. And people I went to school with that had kids relatively young, all their kids is grown now. So I'm kind of envying them a little bit. But at the same time, you know, my son will be 12 this summer. So I ain't got too much long. I, I don't have no real, real child rearing left. Fair. It's, it's mentorship guy and guidance at this point. <laughs> and coaching. <laughs> and coaching. And the ATM it's occasionally. And the, and the ATM and cash app or whatever it is. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> My son know how to ask me for money, so that's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those those are parenting problems I got now. So it's not like a, you know, it's not like a, it was when he was younger. Um, but yeah, man, I owe I owe a lot to uh, where I am in my life, and um, a lot me me actually taking advantage of the lessons that I learned um, to my sister because you know I wanted to always kind of pass on that information to her. You know, like, it's crazy because, like, you know, I asked for prayers for my mother because, you know, I don't know what it's like to lose a child. But from my um, observation outside looking in, it's an experience that I never want to, I never, ever want to have to go through because you got to be a a strong person to even um, walk walk down that path or or that journey. But, um. You know, when the elders say when a, a a mother loses a child, other mothers mourn and other mothers weep. Like that's some real talk, man. And I I, I get it. Um, but with my sister and myself, it's still difficult because it's like I I always accepted my sister as my peer, as a sibling. You know what I'm saying? But because of the age difference, it was always more so like I I never. I, it was always like a father figure kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like my sister, uh, I taught her how to ride a bike. I got a picture of my sister teaching her to how to ride a bike. I got a picture of my son teaching him how to ride a bike. 
My sister loved basketball. I was I was teaching her how to shoot hoops. You know, you know, I taught her how to drive. I gave her her first car. You know, um, and so me and her always had like a really really close relationship. And even when we used to get into it, she, her 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 comeback was, "You sounding like mom right now. You sounding like mom right now." Then I had really had to pump the brakes. I'm like, "Yo, if I'm sounding like my mother, <laughs> yo, <laughs> that ain't a good look for me." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo, you, you, I need you to be my brother and not, and not my dad. You know what I mean? So as she got older, um, me just trying to find that delicate balance mm. of being an advisor and giving her like leeway to just experience life. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that, that's kind of where our relationship was when um, she passed. You know, I was an advisor, I guess. <laughs> On the board of directors. Yeah, I was on like the board of directors, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of times when you're on the board of directors, um, the CEO or the executive um, director might not get along with everybody on the board. Fair. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Because it's like you want to do your own thing. Yeah. And here come these niggas. Here come these niggas, you know what I'm saying? So, but uh, I don't know, man. I just, I feel, I just, I thank God. I thank God for um, just the time that I had with her and um, the fact that, you know, I've, I've been, I was there with her at the beginning. I was there with her at the end. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to really, I'm going to really miss her, man. I, I do feel like in, in all seriousness um, with her passing, I feel like a piece of me died though. I really do. I really do. Now my not not like a child, but it was like that. It was close. It was the closest experience without going over that line that I I don't want to go there, you know. Because I'm I'm even thinking about my own life now. It's like, yo, my sister should be here to help my son put me in the ground somewhere. I told people, I said, I don't know if I want to be put in the ground. I said, I, but I do want niggas to be devastated for like 15 <laughs> strong minutes. I want, when I go, Brother Jay, I want motherfuckers to be devastated for 15 strong minutes. Like 15 strong minutes where they feel like there's no hope or love in the world. They just can't go on. And then at that 16 minute mark, I want people to get over it. And my son to throw a party, a party. I was joking with him. I was joking with him. I said, yeah, when I go, man, I want my name to ring bells in the streets, <laughs> ring bells in the streets, man. So, but I, I, you know, that whole, that whole process, um, it's just been crazy because, you know, when someone passes away young, um, it's a shock. I think, I think it's like, first it's shock to everybody involved. Anybody who, um, knew my sister, anybody who had connection to me and my mother or her father, you know, um, I think it was shock. And so I'm still in the shock phase, but I'm just very, very appreciative and honored um, that I just got to spend like real moments with her throughout her whole life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that has helped me uh, get through these times. And I just know that, um, you know, I was just happy and fortunate to just be uh be part of her journey. You know what I mean? But it's it's gonna be tough, man. But I do I do feel like a piece of me has uh passed on and 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 pat and died. That's what it feels like in my heart. Cause it's wild because, you know, I really just got over my grandfather's passing. Mm-hmm. That was 2010. 
and then it just feel like as soon as it's like a wound, it's like as soon as the wound heal, man. And but it ain't really, it ain't really like this. The 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 skin ain't tough yet. Yeah. But the, the wound is healed, and then it feel like you know life went in and took another chunk, <laughs> took another chunk out, and I got to start the process all over again. And I'm trying not to be that selfish dude to say why me, why me, why me. You know what I mean? Because I do understand, like, a lot of people have taken my sister's passing very, very hard. But, you know, I do wonder, I'm like, yo, why me? Or why us? You know, but I'm not, I'm not dwelling on that. You know, I'm dwelling on the, the, the positive experiences that we've had. But yeah, man, you know, when people pass on, man, everybody, everybody quirkiness comes out, man. In high death. And 4K, niggas. No, no, not yeah, even yeah, 4K. HD. 4K. <laughs> yeah, real talk. And some are real creeping real. in on 5K. Yo, dude. <laughs> now, why is black? Why were black people so concerned with with the funeral home Who or the, the funeral body? services? Who got the body? Why are black people so concerned with that stuff? Why are black people? Why are black people so concerned with all of the intricacies that they know they can't do shit about <laughs> or contribute to? It, it, none. <laughs> none. Time of the day of the services, who gonna sing and Yo, who doing that? Like who, like you can make up a name. They be like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. And I'm getting, I'm getting calls, man. People telling me, well, yo, my name ain't in the program. Blah 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 blah. I said, with well, that, I'm trying to think. I'm like, well, yo, should your name be in the program? I, <laughs> should you be on the program? Should you like, be yo, there? That's the. Should question. you let's, even be invited? Let's start here. <laughs> Bro, it should you even be invited, brother Jay? Should you should you really should you even be here? Like I I feel like some people they just ask the wrong questions during the wrong time. You know what, brother Jay? A lot of people don't have time, place, or manner as part of their training. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. A lot of people don't have time, place, and manner as part of their training, man. Because they're gonna ask questions out of curiosity and not out of concern. Yeah, yeah, right. and I and I had to. Those that I'm close with, I'll hear them getting ready to ask a question, and I'll look at them like. I remember asking my aunt, my great aunt was getting ready to ask somebody a question. I tapped on her knee, and I said, "I don't think you need to know that information right now." And then she was like, "Oh, okay, okay." And then in the car, I explained. I said, "What were you going to do with the information?" Like that answer that they were gonna give to your question, what would you have done with that? Yeah, because it's not the, the the answer. It won't change the situation. You she's, know what I'm saying? She's like nothing. I said, you didn't have to ask. Oh yeah, you right. Now my my great aunt, she's in her eighties, right? So sometimes it's like ah, some stuff has just like been deeply ingrained within people. Oh yeah, when you eighty years old, that's the thing. When you eighty years old, man, it's certain stuff that you know they gonna say. If you ate it, you gonna say what you want to say and yeah. ask what you want to ask. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It, it, but you know, I'm I'm the referee in certain situations because I know what the impact and the effect is about to be. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And so sometimes I'll do my best to run interference. Like, why don't you come help me carry this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> come 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 over here and stop talking. That's what I really want to say. Yeah. But uh yeah, time, place, and manner. People just it's it's a foreign concept to a lot of people. Yeah. And I get it. You know, I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I've, I've built up a level of empathy 
and trying to help my son process all of this. And I told him, I said, yo, some people just don't know what to say, but they just want to let you know that they care. But to your point, some people just want to be nosy as hell too. And, you know, the the hope is you have a level of discernment to figure out like what to entertain, what not to entertain. But at the end of the day, you do what you feel like doing, you know, just, you know, because nobody can control your grieving process. Nobody. Yeah. That's something that that's something that I think as uh, individuals, we have to really take on ownership. And and we can own the process, but we can't control the process. Real talk. And and I think it's when I say own, I mean, recognizing that there are going to be different steps to the process that we are going that we are participating in, that we are um, being stretched in, that we are being revealed in because the grief process will really show you who you are. Mm-hmm. It'll show you where you've been, what you have accumulated throughout life's journey. And it, it, it's a moment where you, you have to get face to face to the mirror and accept what is not what could have been, not what should have been, not what would have been, but what is and allow the process to do what the process does. Mm-hmm. And it looks completely different to each person, right? We know that there are five, or depending on who you ask, seven stages of grief. Not everyone's going to go through all of those stages. Yeah, Some of the yeah. stages are combined. Hell, some stages you're going to repeat. Yeah. And I remember hearing someone, um, my grandmother lost her middle child when he was 18. And then years later, fast forward, um, she lost her husband 90s. And I was, I think I was five when my grandfather passed. And I remember someone telling her, um, it, you, I think you've been grieving long enough. Mm, no, they didn't. They, the audacity, bro. And the hell. And so me and my grandmother, like, that was, that was my ace. Yeah. I I I I might step up to Jesus if, he, if something happened. Like, oh, oh, hold on, player. Mm-hmm. Um, but right before I said something, she said the coldest thing, and she says, "And I pray you never have to experience that ounce of what I've been through." Silence the room. I, I and I pray that you will never have to experience that ounce of what I've been through. And I remember thinking like. Okay, fast forward, you know, my grandmother passed away, but the person she was talking to experienced that and more. Mm-hmm. And then they was like, now I realize what she was dealing with. Right. And it's from the outside looking in because people think that, oh, okay, death happens. We have the funeral celebration. A couple months, you got to get on with your life. Mm-hmm. How? Like, what does that even look like? For some people, it's going to be hard. Like, there's days, my grandmother passed away in 2001. There's days where it hits me like it just happened. Takes me completely off the grid. And then there's days where I can smile and I'll laugh at something or something will remind me or I feel like her spirit has shown up to, to send me a message. And then there's days where I... I just can't, I just can't 
anything that comes to me. I just don't have the capacity. And you you don't really get to say, okay, cool, I'm done grieving. Nah, because you never. I don't think you. I don't think you're you're ever done. Ever, ever. And when once you think you, I think it's one of those things where it may not hit you as hard anymore, right? It doesn't get easier. You just get built to to engage with it differently. Yeah. Like the pain doesn't go away. It may not hurt as much. It may not hurt as long in that moment. But, but it's very hard to say how long the grief process. Some people will grieve for a short period of time. They may go through the stages of grief and go on about their business. And for some people, they, it just, it's just the way we have been exposed to different things and, just it's just as the earth wind and fire say that's the way of the world bro Mm -hmm. and that was that was probably i probably had one mad selfish moment since my sister's passing i'm I'm pretty sure i have others but i was like why me you know what i'm saying because i've been i've 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 been dealing with levels of grief for well over 30 years you know i lost my grandmother when i was eight or nine my grandmother was 47 years old man you know, and then losing aunts and losing people that, I mean, like really, really were part of who I am today along the way. And then, um, you know, the, the motivation or the catalyst or one of the catalysts as far as um, who I wanted to become as a person, as a man is no longer here. Like, yo, it's, it's never going to go away. Never. It's never going to go away. Like, it'd be it'd be crazy for me to tell my mother it's been too long. You've been grieving too long. Because you know what? A mother, when a mother loses a child, parent loses a child, yo, they'll never be the same. Facts. You know, my prayer is that, you know, parents that have lost children just can find a, a, a way to cope and a way to deal with it that's healthy and, and so that they can still live a fruitful and fulfilling life. Mm-hmm. But yo, who the hell, like you say, your grandmother lost a child that was 18 years old. No, you, you never, you, ain't no coming back from that, man. Yeah, because you, you sit, uh, I'm, I'm counseling one individual now and um, she said her husband told her to stop thinking about what could have been. And I said, it's going to be hard to separate from that, right? You will see someone that has a kid and how they're engaging with a kid. And you'll think back to when you were engaging with your child like this. And then you will think about what, what it would have looked like to see your child engage with their children Yeah, that they will never like that, that will never be born because like they unfortunately are no longer here. So it's going to be hard. You see someone, you know, that your child loved a red Mustang. And so anytime you see a red Mustang, you're going to imagine your child driving that red Mustang, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's, you're not going to be able to control what your mind and your spirit combined to, to create. You're not going to be able to. Oftentimes I remember my mentor who is no longer with us. He said, right before I took a trip, and he wanted to go with me, but his faith, his health was failing him. And he said, um, hey, man, I was going to speak for an event. And he said, hey, hey, man, when you get there, do what you came to do. 
He said, and you know, I ain't going to be able to be with you. But whenever you hear the train whistle blow, know that I'm praying for you. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me. And so I'll be, I live in uh, West Virginia. There's a train track not too far from my house. And so whenever I hear the train whistle, I just start chuckling. Yeah. Right? Like, because those that, that thought has been embedded in me. It doesn't mean that I'm sad all the time. And there's some days where it hits me when I'm having a moment and then I hear a train whistle. I'm just like, this, you got the, the train you had to go through right now, like in this space. But like, I'm you, you get constant reminders of what was. Mm-hmm. And those, you can't really control your memories, right? You and I know, like, we we, we are music fanatics. And so yeah, music can take us back to so many things. Earthquake, Tyler the Creator, man. My sister put me on to Tyler the Creator. I knew about him from, what, Odd Future, mm-hmm. a little bit. But she, Earthquake, she put me on to that Igor album. Tyler the Creator, man. And so, like, it's certain joints that's going to hit a little different now. Yeah. Yeah. It's certain joints that's going to hit a little different. Um, Every time Tyler you hear the creator it. and, and uh, little, little Uzi Vert. Them, them with the two joint, them with the two cats that she really was be like crazy fans of. And then there's a couple other ones I'm, I'm not as familiar with, like uh, Trippy Red and some others. But, but yeah, man, that, that earthquake joint, Tyler the creator, that, that's going to be, that's going to be a joint that's going to hit a little different. Cause I just remember when that album came out and um, me and her was talking, I was, I was like, what the hell is that? She, she had changed her avatar on social media. Mm-hmm. And so um, from that Igor album, it's like a picture. Tyler, the creator has like this Bob cut blind wig on with some sunglasses on. <laughs> and my sister used that joint as her avatar. I'm like, yo, who the hell is this? And why? <laughs> It was it was strange, man. But then you know when I got into his music and I understood it, it was dope. It was dope. But yeah, that it, I think a lot of songs is gonna hit me a little different, man. Um, Can you stand the rain? New edition came on and I lost it. I just I, I just lost it. You know, um, um, the joint with uh, RL and Tyrese. Best man I, I could think be. genuine best man joint, best man I could be, but it's like my brother, brother. Like the, the day she passed, uh, the day after she passed, I was driving home and that joint came on. I fucking lost it. I ain't gonna lie, I lost it. Tears, tears for three hours straight. You know what I'm saying? So I I I but I think that's also just you know, grief, grief comes in waves, man. Yeah. And I mean, if, you know, if if you if you're lucky. Grief comes in waves. But I also, bro, I, I try to I try to see it as that, um, you know, when it comes in waves after the initial cause of the 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 initial um, the initiation of the grief process. Yeah, I think it, it, when it comes in waves, it reminds us that we are still human. It reminds us that. um Everyone is going to experience this. If, if you keep living, if right. you keep living, that's life, man. That I mean, like that circle of life shit, that's some real things. And everybody's circle is different. It's got a different diameter. Yeah. And um, one of my clients asked me, she goes, but why do I have to keep reliving it? Or why am I served reminders? 
And I said, grief will teach us some things as well. Right? Like she said, for like two weeks, she kept running into like her child's friends. So she said, every time I saw them, I would get a reminder. And I was like, well, what do you think that reminder was? Why do you think that reminder showed up at that particular time? And so when she thought about it, she she left the session and she called me like a week later and she goes, I got my answer. And I said, regardless of how it feels in that moment, there's normally a reason why a butterfly comes and lands on like a surface that's near you when you were experiencing something. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I remember I did a wedding uh, for my god sister and her mother passed away and there was a butterfly that came out as she was walking down the aisle and stayed the entire ceremony. Wow. I was going back and looking at pictures and like there was a butterfly and a lot of pictures. It stayed. People pointed out the butterfly and then people got a little teary eyed, but the butterfly stayed the entire ceremony. Right. And it's like, why do you think that happened? Why do you think we are being sent reminders or memories? Um, and I, and I said, I, I, I have grown to learn that, these things are teaching us or reminding us of some of the things that we've been taught or reminding us like <sighs> Lion King's my favorite, one of my favorite movies. Right. And so when the scene where he's talking to his father in the sky and then he disappears and goes, remember who you are. I always, I, I love that scene, but I'm like, anytime we have an experience where we are, where someone's passing or someone's death is brought to remembrance, I think it's a, a way of helping us to remember something that we need in that moment that that person gave us. Mm-hmm. And, and it's crazy. I'm looking at your shirt. I'm going to need one of those, man. I need a, a crew, a crew had the gray sweatshirt. When love calls, answer. Answer the phone, bro. Answer, answer it. You know what I'm saying? And I just, I, I, you know, the grief that I have is because I loved. Yeah. I love my sister. That and part. I, my sister loved me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel this way because I loved, you know, and I, I said at her service that, um, you know, my sister was my first love. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the ability to love a, another human being at first sight. Yeah. It was that, that experience happened to me with my sister when my sister was born. You know what I'm saying? Like she was legit my first love and um yeah man and I answered the call and she answered the call for me and she answered the call for my son and she answered the call for our mother you know um and and the crazy part is a lot of her friends have been reaching out to me and everything just talking about how how much of a light she was yeah and how much her smile lifted their spirit and how much she was uh, a kind and encouraging person and how much she loved to, um, she loved people and how much she enjoyed, um, just living life, man. My sister was way more fearless than I ever was in terms of just her experiences and things that she wanted to do. And, um, I'm just happy that she lived her life on her own terms. Yeah. You know, 
But yeah, when love calls, answer. But I think when when you answer that call and when a person passes on, you grieve because you loved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you yeah. still love. You still love because you grieve. Absolutely. Think about it. I remember, like Tupac said, it's hard for him to grieve for a stranger, right? In the song "Dear Mama," when he talks mm-hmm. about his father passing, he's like, "Yo, mm-hmm. it's, it's gonna be hard for me to like." This is why I ain't shed no tears. Like, how can I? How can I grieve over someone that I didn't even know, right? And it's mm-hmm. all about the connection. And I think that's just that's something that comes with the territory. Love is a powerful thing. Um, but you can't just take the good without the bad because the bad nah. part of love is grieving. Yeah, it's, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Grieving comes with love. It's it's something that you you don't understand or many don't recognize that when you sign up or you say this is what I'm going to do, like when you actually start to um, partake in the communion of love with another person, something's eventually going to expire. Mm-hmm. Right. And whether you are grieving them in the flesh or whether you are grieving them in the spirit, it, it, it accompanies love. Yeah. But you, you understand that the, the good side of it is so much greater than the bad side of it. Oh yeah. Right. And because you love them and you know that grief is going to happen, someone's going to experience it. Because someone's going to no longer be here. But it's one of those things where it's like, I recognize this, but, I, but I, I'm okay with that. Right? And, and love will override all of that. And, and somewhat prepare you for when that moment of grief does come. Right? You are prepared because you loved. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, I agree with that. Um, wholeheartedly, man, you know, um, during my, during my, uh, Bob Marley and Jamaica sessions, you know what I'm saying? That's going to be one of them times that's going to hit a little different. Yeah. Cause me and my sister went to Jamaica together many times, <laughs> many, many times, you know what I'm saying? But it was, it was a, it was a gateway to me, um, that really understand who she was as a person. And I'm just glad that I was able to have that connection with her. Mm-hmm. You know, because you would think, you would think when you're 15 years apart, you're not close. Yeah. But, you know, I, you know, I, I've always, it's never been a moment where I haven't been in my sister's life or she wasn't in mine. Even, even, even when we will we'll fight like sister and brother, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, her birthday, her my birthday, she sent me a message. We both of us, we never knew how to apologize. <laughs> But my birthday, she just sent me a message. And her birthday, I send her a cash out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm going to miss her a lot, man. And um, I definitely appreciate all of the love and support from you and the village and just just the, the family, man. I know, I know we talk a lot of shit. We talk a lot of shit about boundaries and family and this, that, and the third. Um, but I also think, like... You know, um, there are moments in life where family is all you got. Yeah. And family is messy as fuck sometimes. And family <laughs> is worsome as fuck sometimes. And family, like, family know how to pluck your nerves, but they wouldn't be family if they didn't. Facts. And, um, you know, one of the one of the silver linings in this experience is that um, I was able to really just connect with 
all facets of my village. My mother's side, my father's side, my grandparents' side, friends and people that I've worked with and people that knew me and knew that my sister has always been a part of my life and them hurting for me because they know that. Yeah. Like, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. But, you know, um, you know, God works out everything for our order. You know, yeah. he works out everything in our life for for the for the good of and, and, and for our order. And so I'm just going to take solace in that, man. He'll never leave or forsake us. And um, I'm going to receive the love that I'm getting and um, honor my sister in the process, man. You know, that's all I can really do. One minute at a time. Minute by minute, bro. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, man. But the village, we back in effect, man. We had to take a brief pause for the cause. But uh, the gentleman advancing the melanin evolution, um, you know, I, I hope that you all will take some solace. Like for those of you that have lost loved ones, you know, it ain't just you. It ain't just you. And um, it hurts. It's going to hurt for a while. Um, but you'll build that level of perseverance. And time really does heal. But I don't think you'll ever be fully healed. And so that's just um, a word of advice from me to you. But um, in that healing process, you got to keep living too. You got to keep living. So with that... You've just witnessed another edition of the Game Recognized Game podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEV, that's RLJ, and we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. Rest in paradise, rest in power to my sister Cameron. We love you, and I will see her again when it's my time. Be light. Be light.